Aaron Foster and Jeremy Bechtel of Sparta, Tennessee, went out on the evening of April 3rd, 2000, to visit friends and just hang out. They left Aaron's house and took off in her 1988 Pontiac Grand Am. They would vanish into thin air. Aaron's father was out of town during that time frame working up in Cincinnati, Ohio. When he learned the next day that Aaron went out the night before and didn't come home, he immediately got upset. Aaron was 18 and had recently begun talking about moving out. At first, they believed that she just left, asserting her independence and hoped that they'd hear from her soon. But Aaron never returned home, and neither did her friend, Jeremy. Rumors circulated for years as to what happened to the teens. Some said they saw them living and working down in Pensacola, Florida. Some even talked about a murder plot. The mystery would unravel, however, in late November this year when a scuba diving YouTuber was on a mission to search all bodies of water in that area for Aaron's car. He would find it in the last place he searched, the Calf Killer River. This is the story of finding answers and finally bringing Aaron and Jeremy home to rest. Welcome to a bonus update episode of the Where Are They podcast. I'm pretty happy to be bringing you two update episodes in just a couple of months. And oddly enough, both cases were resolved in very similar manners. The case of Aaron Foster and Jeremy Bechtel always perplexed me. I always suspected they may have crashed into a body of water, but there were many people that believed that they had run away and started life somewhere else or that they were victims of a murder. And when you looked at the facts of their missing person cases, the facts that we had, they were all very possible scenarios. Aaron and Jeremy's episode was aired on our podcast back in June of this year. Hard to believe that less than six months later, they would be found after missing for over 21 years total. Let's recap quickly about who Aaron and Jeremy were and what happened in April of 2000. Aaron was born on February 28, 1982, in Tennessee. Jeremy was born a little later that same year, in November of 1982. Most people described Aaron as a stunningly beautiful girl. Some people mentioned her bright smile, while others said she had an infectious giggle. Jeremy was also very well-liked. On the Facebook page set up for him and Aaron, Justice for Jeremy Bechtel and Aaron Foster, you can see the number of people that cared about him and shared photographs of him. One friend talks about how Jeremy was always rapping and even performing rap songs during a talent show in the sixth grade. Jeremy's mom, Rhonda Ledbetter, was probably the biggest advocate working and searching for Jeremy and Aaron and she prayed for answers every day. 
She never gave up hope for her son, but unfortunately, she passed away in, in 2018, still never knowing what happened to her son, Jeremy, and his friend, Aaron. So what did happen on that fateful day in April? Aaron and Jeremy picked up Aaron's brother and took him home that afternoon. She told her mom they were going out again for a little bit and would be home later. They drove off and allegedly went to another friend's house for a while until around 10 p.m. that night. They left the house, the friend believing they were heading home. However, they never made it. The next day, Aaron's mother told her husband that Aaron didn't come home the night before. Since Aaron was 18 and had recently begun talking about moving out, her parents thought at first that maybe that's what she had done, or maybe she was trying to assert some independence. Her father, Cecil, remembers being mad at first, thinking she was being stubborn and believing his daughter would return home soon. When she didn't, a missing person report was filed. And there would be a bunch of theories that would come up over the years as searches for the teens turned up nothing. There were multiple sightings in Florida, specifically the Pensacola area, by credible witnesses. So that theory that they ran away together was a possibility. There were rumors that there was a drug deal that went bad, even rumors that one of Aaron's ex-boyfriends was jealous and had murdered them both. But again, no evidence of any kind was found, and Aaron's 1988 Pontiac Grand Am was also never found. Also, a side note here, there are many reports, old reports and current reports coming out now, saying that it was a 1998 Pontiac, but it was actually a 1988 Pontiac. The family had a heck of a time trying to correct all the reports. I mean, they did want people looking and searching for the correct car, and a 10-year difference is a significant difference in the vehicle, and it seemed to be a constant battle. And I have noticed that current reports coming up now still say it was a 1998 Pontiac. However, it was indeed a 1988 Pontiac. Earlier this year, Jeremy Sides, a man who travels and uses his sonar equipment to search bodies of water for lost and stolen items, including cars, heard about the Aaron and Jeremy case and truly believed there was a high likelihood that they ended up in a body of water. On November 24th, he took to the town of Sparta, Tennessee to start his search. Aaron and Jeremy's families heard through social media what he was doing and they reached out to the White County Sheriff to clue them in. The sheriff has always stated this was the one case that had stuck with him and he figured would always stay with him. He wanted answers as much as anyone else. The sheriff communicated with Jeremy, giving him some ideas of where to search. Although the sheriff's department had conducted numerous water searches of their own and they had found absolutely nothing, but they welcomed the help from Jeremy and gave him some spots to start with. And again, all of this was documented on Jeremy's channel, and I really encourage you to go look it up and watch it. I will link it in the notes for you also. And in fact, I was going to talk about his process and the search here step by step, but I think it's so much better if you watch that episode for yourself. 
ultimately, Jeremy's sonar picks up a car underwater. And even though it's just a sonar image, you can almost tell that it's a Pontiac Grand Am by the shape of it. In fact, the shape of the car was clear as day on his sonar equipment. On the next day, December 1st, he suited up and went in the water to check it out. And you can hear the shock in his voice when he rubs the growth and slime off the back of the car and he sees the word Pontiac. He confirms with the license plate that it is Aaron's car. And he even removes the license plate to take back up with him. And he immediately calls the sheriff. The car was brought up and what a sight that was. The car was rusted and old but still almost fully intact. And inside were human remains. While the remains are believed to be Aaron and Jeremy, they have been sent to the state lab for further testing. Cecil Foster, Aaron's dad, was interviewed by Inside Edition. Take a listen to this clip from Inside Edition Digital and hear what he had to say about finding his daughter and her friend. It was incomprehensible for Cecil Foster to see his daughter's car missing for 21 years unearthed. Kind of seemed like a dream almost. Almost a dream. 18-year-old Erin Foster and her friend, 17-year-old Jeremy Bechtel, disappeared in Sparta, Tennessee back in 2000. Police searched as far south as Florida for them, but the case went cold until now. Scuba diver Jeremy Sides, who hosts the YouTube channel Exploring with Nug, found Aaron's Pontiac underwater in Tennessee's Calf Killer River. Sides dives to aid in the recovery of lost or stolen property. I'm lost. I'm lost for words. I, I'm so glad I could find them. I'm so sad that that's where they ended up. The river, about eight miles from the home Erin shared with her parents, is where Cecil has fished for years. A fish. And my son has fished over many times uh, since she's been missing. <laughs> I mean, right over the car. Uh, but, you know, water's always real murky right there. And, uh, I mean, there's no way we could saw, you know, the car anyway, I don't think. Did you have a memorial place to go mourn her at all? Or? No. No, I didn't want to do that because we, we didn't know if she was dead or not. Remains from inside the car have been sent to the White County Coroner's Office for an autopsy to confirm the identities and determine a cause of death. The sheriff says it was an accident. 21 years later, the Fosters can finally come to terms with their loss. What is it like to finally have some closure and hear this news? I'm kind of numb about it. I, I really don't know. We kind of been a way of life for so long, you know. It, uh, there's a sense of relief there, but uh, it still hurts there too, you know. And, uh, but I don't know if it'll ever go away. What sticks out to me, aside from his obvious and understandable emotions, is that he acknowledges that he is very familiar with that part of the river. He even said he and his son had fished there many times, even believing that they were right on top of the car and never even knew it. 
The part of the river where the car was found was about eight miles from Aaron's home. The sheriff has made sure to state that the case investigation continues as they try to determine what may have happened. The DNA results may take weeks to come in, and in the meantime, they will have divers scouring the river for any additional clues. Indeed, that area of the river is near a boat ramp and a curve in the road, a pretty significant curve. The sheriff said that while there are guardrails in that area now, there were not in the year 2000, and it appears that it's fairly likely they may have just lost control of the car and veered off, ending up in the river. But people still have questions, such as, why wasn't their car found sooner? The sheriff said at one point they searched the river, but he believes they stopped just about an eighth of a mile from where the car was found. But I wonder why they didn't search the entirety of the river in Sparta, especially if there was a bend in the road that a car could have veered off from. And why did they veer off the road in the first place? They were young, of course, and an accident like that could happen to anyone. Perhaps an animal darted out in the road or just inexperience. And lastly, why weren't they able to escape? The vehicle was found in 14 feet deep water. And Jeremy said the windows in the car were completely up. It appears as if they couldn't break free and escape as the car went down. It will be interesting to see what answers, if any, the sheriff and the labs are able to come up with. And those that didn't believe that Aaron and Jeremy had ended up in a body of water had said their reasoning was there just wasn't a whole lot of water in that area. And after they had vanished, the water levels went historically low. So most people believed that if they had ended up in the water, the car would have been exposed and would have been found. We now know that just wasn't true, at least in this spot. There is an active GoFundMe to help with burial and memorial expenses for Aaron. I'll also link that in the notes and share it on social media as well. Please consider donating a few dollars if you can, or just share the GoFundMe and the video in our story. Aaron's father had said that they never had a memorial or anything for Aaron because he just couldn't bear the thought of it. And while they suspected that they were likely deceased, especially as years went by, they just didn't know. They said it just didn't feel right to have a memorial. Today, in 2021, Sparta, Tennessee is still a small town. Some law enforcement officers, including the lead detective on the case now, were classmates of Aaron and Jeremy. Everyone had hoped that the day would come when Aaron and Jeremy would be found. It is a bittersweet update. Both teenagers are deceased and have likely been since April of 2000, when they disappeared. However, friends and family have lived so long wondering what happened to them, and now they finally have answers and closure. And Aaron and Jeremy can finally be put to rest properly. This is a developing story and case, and I do expect some additional updates to come in the future. 
So I will be continuing to monitor this case very closely. And if any new updates do come up, I'll be sure to share them with you all. Please make sure you're following us on Facebook and Instagram, where we will share any updates as we get them immediately. This case is a reminder that all cases can still be solved, no matter how much time has gone by. Nobody out there should lose hope that their loved one can be found. It's also a reminder that it's so important to cherish your loved ones when you can, as no one knows what tomorrow may bring. No one knew that day in April of 2000, as Aaron and Jeremy walked out the door, that that would be the last time anyone would see them. Thank you all so much for tuning into this episode of Where Are They? and listening to the updates on the Aaron Foster and Jeremy Bechtel cases. I really hope we have more updates soon in the future to share with you. We will be back next week with another episode of Where Are They? And until then, stay safe and hug your loved ones.